Thank you for listening to this episode of the Our View podcast. On today's episode, I welcome my guest, Zarifa Roberson. Join our conversation as we discuss the often less discussed topic of sexuality versus disability. I, I don't know much about your disability at all, but can you um, okay. can you talk about what your disability diagnosis is and how it impacts your um, how it impacts your daily living? Okay, so sure. I was born with arthrogryposis multiplex congenia. Okay. So, and the acronym is called AMC. Mm-hmm. In the words of my best friend, she just said, "I had super casual fibrosis reallodosis." <laughs> so, you know, because people used to ask her what I have, and she was like, I don't know, go and answer. Mm-hmm. It's a long word. So right. she would say it to everyone. So, what my disability, how it affects my body, I was, um, well, orthogryposis is a form of arthritis. So, every time a muscle and joint meets, it means that it's stiff. So, in my case, I was born with um, a locked jaw, a club hands, club feet dislocated hips and that is what my disability is a makeup with uh, as so um about two years ago i had a jaw surgery um they put prosthetic jaws on both sides of my jaw to make it wider because at the time i was unable to get dental care or even to eat so i would have to tap my food in really small pieces just to eat so about two, over two years ago, I had a successful surgery, Dr. Nodon. He was affiliated with Hahnemann University Hospital at the time. is no longer um, existed. I don't know if you're familiar with Hahnemann here in Philadelphia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, he did the surgery and it was a success. So um, my jaw has been corrected. So, But the key is I got to do exercises for the rest of my life. So I said, you know what? I'll do the exercises for the rest of my life because I'm not going back under the night for a 12 hour surgery. So right. pick my option. 12 hour surgery. Or doing or exercises exercise. a couple, couple times the a day. Exactly. Do my exercises three, three to five times a day. Exactly. So exactly. I'll just do the exercise. So that is my disability. When I drive my car, I have no car modification or adaptive technology. People will shop. They're like, really? Girl, I said, girl, put on that seatbelt because I got to have your foot. I've been told a couple of times. You know, but I'm a good driver. Um, and I live alone. I live in a row home. I don't know if you're familiar with Philadelphia. This is known for row home capital where all the homes are connected together. I live in Kensington. Um, I rent a two-second, a two-story home. So I climb up and down the steps every single day. I was really interested in your uh, platform of... Um sexuality and disability and how those two go together because I think it's you know that's another negative way that people stereotype those who have disabilities that we're not sexual beings that we don't enjoy the intimate company of someone else and all of that so so you and I you know we've talked before and uh your 
platform that you uh, highlight and focus on is sexuality versus disability. What made you uh, what made you take on an interest in that in that topic in in that uh, platform? It's funny that you said that. It actually came out of a dark place. Um, the last time I was outed, it was by um, someone that I thought was my friend. And then another friend co-signed and said um, to this friend of mine that I wanted this friend, I wanted that friend, and I wanted... Instead of this person having my back, they just believe this other person. And then I'm just like, and I was teasing the person at the time. I was like, you know, I'm, you know, I don't, you know, I, I, I date, I don't want to date people with, with, um, with disability. And this friend was up there like, oh yeah, you do say that. I said, so if you know I was joking, you know, I said that, why didn't you have my back? And why are you allow this person? to out me like this. And the only reason why this person outed me like this because he because this person knew my sexuality. So mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, it pisses me off. And you know, this is the conversations we don't have because people just feel as though outing only goes with the LGBTQ community. It goes with people with disability that identifies as well in these alternative lifestyles. Right. So I get outed not once but twice. And and I thought this person was a really good friend of mine, and I thought this person would have my back. So I said, like, you know what, this is coming from an ugly place, but why don't I do something on this topic to educate people about sexuality mm -hmm. and disability community? Because there's really nothing out there that talks about sexuality and the disability community. I am bisexual, so I love women and men. But I'm only mm -hmm. dating men right now. I haven't dated a woman in a really, really long time. But I'm only dating men right now. Um, but, you know, it's interesting when you have all these identities that you live in. Right. I'm a Black, I'm an African-American woman. Um, I have a disability and I'm bisexual. So, you know, living in these identities and then trying to date in in this um in your identities, it makes it so much complex because once you tell people, you I'm very honest when it comes to my physical disability. I mm -hmm. tell people off the bat, hey, I have a disability, especially if I'm not meeting them face to face. It's been very interesting dating, especially in the LGBTQ community plus community, because um, there's a lot, a lot of negative, um, what do you call that, stigma around disabilities. Right. So when you have a physical disability, I think it's even more negative compared to an invisible disability. When you have an invisible disability, it's a little bit more like you don't have to tell anyone. No one has to look at your strengths. But when you have a hidden disability, everyone sees you. So right. some people want to talk to me. They want to have a conversation with me. I remember one time when I was living in um, Baltimore trying to... I, at the time, I was in grad school at Coppin State University. Coppin State University, what, what, alumni, <laughs> HBCU, got shot them out. <laughs> and I was coming into my own identity. I was dating the 
I broke up with a girl at the time. And, you know, I started, I wanted to be around other LGBT um, people that were in the community that were African-Americans that we could identify. And I would go to a support group. These people looked at me like I had three eyes on my head. <laughs> they didn't want to talk to me. I lived alone. I had my own car. I <laughs> had my own apartment and working on my master's degree. Mm-hmm. What what don't you want about me? No one wanted to talk to me. I felt so isolated. Cause yeah. I'm like, we supposed to this is a, a outcast group in society. And you're supposed to be welcoming to people that are like you, an outcast or are different, but I felt so isolated. So I learned through that experience and through a lot of research that I did, did in class, um, through my research while I was in grad school, that a lot of um, LGBT people and people in the LGBTQ plus community, they have a lot of negative outlook on people with disabilities. So a lot of them assume because for example, if they know someone that has epilepsy or sickle cell, they may just classify, oh, you're just like my friend or my cousin that has epilepsy who falls out. And not everyone that has epilepsy falls down or fall out. Mm-hmm. There's different types of epilepsy. There's different types of sickle cell disorders. There's different types of different disabilities within that disability community. So you have these disabilities, and, but people just assume, oh, yes, yeah, cerebral palsy. You're like my cousin that can't do nothing for themselves. Where you may meet someone with cerebral palsy that may have, they may be totally independent. They may right. not need a lot of supports. Yeah, so there's a lot for everybody. Exactly. There's a lot, a lot of misinformation. There's a lot of misperception and people just classify or categorize all people with disabilities in one um, big old category. And I remember when I first moved to Baltimore and I met this, one of my friends, his name was Mr. David Greenberg, who works at, he's the CEO at the League for People with Disabilities in Baltimore. And I remember telling him I had osteoporosis and he looked at me like, you have osteoporosis and he was shocked. And I was shocked because he knew my disability, but then he was shocked because he was like, wow, you're independent. You're walking around. Most people that have your disability is more, they're more severe. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. They are. So I'm very blessed to be in my position to live independently, to to clean, to eat, to care care for all my personal needs, Mm -hmm. you know? So when you're dating in these identities, it gets kind of complex, especially dating someone that doesn't understand your disability at all and you're trying to help them understand. And then, you know, you got to continue to educate and continue to let people know and like my boyfriend told me that um he was here a couple of weeks ago for six days spending new years with me and we had a great time he was like yeah i don't like these things in your hair i said all oh, these crochets and i was like you know what <laughs> unfortunately i cannot do my hair so this this is going to be my hair and he was like well, i could wash and dry your hair 
and blow dry it. I said, that's only half of the battle. You still got to style it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you still got to make me look beautiful. Now I'm like, you know, I said, whatever. I said, the crochets are going to be even back because this is low maintenance for me. Right. It's very low maintenance. And I don't got to worry about getting up, trying to figure out how what to do with my hair. I can just up and go. And he doesn't understand it. <laughs> and a lot of people don't understand when you're dealing with a disability that affects your arm, your upper body, your arms and your hand and hand and fingers dexterity and your upper body coordination. People don't realize it take a lot of a lot of time to do your hair. How disability versus sexuality, sexuality versus disability goes together. And in society, it really doesn't go together because it's such a negative connotation. Oh, you have a disability, you can't have sex or you cannot be sexual, or you can't have an intimate relationship, or you have a disability. Oh, don't you just date people that are disabled as well? Yeah. And I just like, I even had friends of mine that had good intentions, but they just looked at my disability and said, you know what, I got someone good for you. And they will hook me up with someone and this person had a disability. I'm just like, now I'm gonna ask them, my preference, but people assume because I have a disability, I automatically want to date someone with a disability. Right. Not true. Right. Not, Not true. <laughs> Not true. Because I, I date everybody men. So. Right. Now, if and, they happen to have a disability and we connect, then that's great. But no, right. I'm not just strictly looking for exactly. someone who has a disability. Exactly. And I had this conversation with my aunt a couple of years ago and we was in my car. I was driving. Love her dearly, Aunt Mildred. And she was up there like, I, I made a comment. I said, I don't date people with disabilities. And she said, why not? And she was offended. <laughs> I said, because it's my preference. Like there's some black people that don't date white people. There's some white people that don't date black people. It's like, right. why? Because I have a disability. Why do y'all think I have to sell them? settle i feel like because you have a disability it's like a charity case you should be just grateful anyone that comes along and wants to date you you should just be like okay i'm i'm dating anyone and i just feel like it's not the case it's totally not the case right and that's not the case and it shouldn't be the case for anybody you know you shouldn't just yeah you Mm -hmm. shouldn't just settle for anybody that you're not uh compatible with or any of that so i think it's um this is a great conversation to have for sure. <laughs> that I'm gonna start try. I'm gonna start to open up about my experiences because maybe someone out there having a disability may have the same experience I have in the bedroom, and mm-hmm. you know, and this would be great for people that are non-disabled um, people, so they can have that conversation dialogue with their family members. Um, you know, that's where that that place from that platform came out of something that was very negative and I decided to put a positive spin on it because there's not enough education. And the funny thing about it, the friend that was talking about me wanting all these people, don't you know this person has to learn they have a physical disability? Oh, wow. Yeah, wow. Wow, so putting putting you down and, and outing you, uh, you know, for whatever reason that was, it's, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, isn't that, isn't that interesting? I'm like, yeah. mm. 
But, you know, everything happens for a reason. And I love this platform. I'm passionate about what I do. I I always feel as though there's a need and there's a conversation. Even before I'm, I'm with my boyfriend now, this was always a conversation that needs to be talked about because people just don't understand. I was raised by a mother and father that was both able-bodied parents. Mm-hmm. So they didn't really know about disabilities, disabilities until they had me. Back in 1979, how much education that was out there, especially people of color with disabilities. Right. Now you're in a, a more a, a layer to disabilities because I'm someone of color. Because no offense, my white brothers and sisters with disabilities, their experience is going to be totally different from my experiences. Yeah, and everybody, yeah, everybody's experience is going to be different. And that's exactly. the you know, and that's the important thing that there are, I I say it often uh, on these episodes, the stories of those who live with disabilities go untold, and especially people of color with disabilities. So, you know, there may be studies out there that exist on certain topics, and then when you look at the breakdown of who participated in these studies, it includes very little or if any, uh, people of color. So, you know, our experiences as being people of color will be different than uh, someone who is of a different race. And that's, you know, so it's really important that your voice, you're using your voice um, to talk about such a topic as sexuality uh, versus disability, because they are, um, it's a topic that should be discussed. It's um, Mm -hmm. a very important topic to be discussed. And uh, so I'm, I'm glad that you're uh, using your your time and your knowledge and and, and everything to uh, you know to talk about it and address the topic and to educate people because I think that is how uh, that's how we get to break down these uh, stereotypes and these stigmas by exactly. educating people and talking about it. So that's exactly. uh, yeah. So I'm I'm very grateful that you are um, you know sharing your time with me now to uh, talk about this. Uh, have you found it difficult uh, that your disability has made it difficult for you to be in relationships, uh, or has your diagnosis made it has your diagnosis made it difficult for you to express your sexuality to with others? Um, yeah, I think it's been really difficult because um, the past couple of men I dated, they didn't know how to perceive it. Mm-hmm. Um, even though one of the gentleman that I dated he did have a son with a disability but um he he didn't understand it as well right um I think it's a little you know my disability is not common so when you're dealing with something that is not common I feel like you it's always a piece to educate and to inform all right all right one of my best friends told me I'll just have them go and look it up on the internet, send them the spelling of it, and have them go and look it up on the internet. I said, no, why would I do that? They're going to get the worst of the worst. I'm not the worst of the worst. Either. Oh, yeah, that's true. That makes sense. So, you know, I try to give people an idea of my disability. And, you know, I say I walk with a limp. I don't walk with any crutches. I'm independently walking. So mm-hmm. it's really hard for someone to understand what 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 is my limp? 
you know, able to walk in the mid, that it doesn't feel awkward. That's the right. only that's the only way I know. Mm-hmm. But yes, when it comes to dating, it's it's hard, it, especially even in the LGBTQ community. You would think it would be a little bit much easier. Now women are just women are more harder to date than men. <laughs> so so sorry to say that, but they are so hard to date than men because I think men and women are very shallow. But I think women are even more shallow than men because they think about um, how would this person look in front of their friends um, or how would this person look in front of their family? So they don't really get to know the person. They just like, oh, yeah, I don't know if I want to take you around my family or my friends because I'm not ready for the comments. Yeah, that is so... um so interesting that you say that uh that was going to be um a follow-up question uh, i'm sorry uh, I had. I'm no sorry. no that <laughs> that's great because um i've i've been in a similar uh situation where um you know i was told that uh oh because because i have a disability uh they're the girl's parents uh they were like oh he's nice but you know just make sure you don't you know make sure it just stays friends uh you know make sure you just stay friends with him and and not get too deep (laughs) uh you know so that type of of situation I can uh definitely relate to for sure with um you know, with you saying that uh, people are shallow, I think. Because I think people probably think as as we as burdens, and I, I, I can do mostly everything that you can do. It um, is, like you saying the burden, you know, being a burden and, and that, that people have to take care of us. And it's like, no, I can do everything on my own. Exactly. And, if I, and if I can't, I can, I can pay somebody to come do it, you know? Exactly. <laughs> or I can ask you to do it for Right, me, right. You you know? might, yeah, we can, we can work through some stuff together. Yeah, and, we, can and... work, we can work it out, you right. know? <laughs> you asked me to do your laundry, I did your laundry and with no hesitation, no problem. Right. Exactly. You know? so you know but it's it's like you know i get the the what you call that um what is the song by the one the quiet treatment yeah the quiet Mm -hmm. treatment yeah and i'm just like okay oh well on to the next but you know after a while it does hurt because you're like i want to be in love and i want to be married and i want to have kids just like my friends or just like my family members. And, you know, and it's really interesting when you meet up with, I have a lot of family that lives in New York City. So mm-hmm. I haven't kept in close with a lot of them. I saw a lot of them when I was growing up as teenagers, but then when I became an adult and I, and I, and, you know, they grown up, they got kids and they looking at me like, how come you got no kids? And I'm like, well, I don't got no man because I need a kid. <laughs> kid. And I'm just like, my situation is a little bit different because I need someone that's going to help me. I don't need someone that I'm going to be with and they're going to be a headache and be an aggravation to me. I need <laughs> someone that's going to help me because there are going to be things that I cannot do. They're going to have to pick up the slack for what I can do. Mm-hmm. And that's 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 true love. That's understanding your partner's limitation because anytime 
Uh, everybody beca can become disabled at any given yep. moment. And sure people don't can. think about that. People don't think about that until it affects them directly or it affects them as a loved one. Yep. So, you know, that's why I always say I need to be with someone that's going to help me, add to me. My mom is there, but she ain't raising my child. No, my mom's going to be grandma. Grandma, <laughs> do grandma duties, you know, be mother-in-law, you know, be daughter and son-in-law, you know. But, you know, I wanted to have that experience of being a mom and being married and, you know, just living a life that you know we watch so much on tv and that's another thing we don't have a good representation of people of color with disabilities right in media right. so you know when you're growing up you're like only looking at everybody and you're thinking that's your reality but that's not my reality that, right. that cannot because i have so many different layers to me how i'm going to break down these norms how, how who i'm going to fall in love with that's going to accept my my disability and my limitation because my disability comes with a limitation you but know. you know that's what you know if you find that true happiness and you know dating it can be very frustrating but there's some funny parts of dating that i have to laugh and i was screenshotting shouting these messages that I get like on Facebook or on Pilling a Fish and the Facebook has this dating <laughs> app, this dating app. I remember this one dating app, um, this guy that inboxed me, he said, if you, if your baby father ain't us and yeah, if you, you, you tired of being a side chick, hit me up. I was like, what the hell? Oh. And so I had screenshot that my cousin and my one of my best friends just started dying laughing. <laughs> but you know, these are some of the things that you have to go through the moments just to meet someone that's genuinely there for you and loves you for who you are. And like I told myself, if my current boyfriend doesn't work out with me and him, I guess I'll be back on the dating market trying to find my true love. But it's out there. And you and, know what? I think. I think the the most important thing that um, that you've said throughout all of this um, conversation that we've had, I think is, and you've said it throughout the conversation, is that you know people with disabilities, you and I and, and other people with disabilities, we're looking for the same things that other people are looking for that don't have disabilities. Somebody that can be there for us, somebody that we can trust, somebody that, uh, you know, can can pick up the slack where we might not be able to do some things. They can you know, fill in those those blanks and and pick up. Uh, you know, you need help cleaning, for example, and and mm -hmm. I I do too because I can't stand and and you know wipe down walls and things like that. I can't push a vacuum cleaner. Um, it, you know, so it's it's a a give and take kind of thing, and and exactly. yeah, and that's I think that's just all relationships, regardless of. Uh, if you have a disability or not. So that is, that's really a, a great, um, a great thing to, to mention. Like I said, I, I was listening to you throughout this conversation. And I think that's what, uh, that's the one thing that I'm taking away from this conversation. And I hope others, uh, you know, can take away that and so much more of what you said, because we really do, uh, 
we, we don't want anything extra. We just want what yeah. other people <laughs> are able to get in a relationship. Somebody who cares for us and loves us for who we are, um, accepts us for our differences and our flaws and all of that. But, um, you know, somebody that can, that can provide that extra care, that extra uh, help and assistance when we need and still allow us to be independent when we're able to and Exactly. Um, yeah. So I think that is, um, I think that's a really great, uh, a really great way to, um, you know, to, to make all of this come together. I think it's a great way for all of this to come together, this whole conversation. So thank you for that. So on your social media, uh, you know, we mentioned your platform is uh, sexuality versus disability. On your uh Instagram site, I believe it is, you have uh, some lingerie pictures that, uh, you know, we've mentioned, uh, we, t- we talked and, and, you know, you said you've gotten some comments on those. Uh, why, why do you feel it's important for you to post those pictures on social media? Because when it comes to Black women with disability bodies, you don't see that in media, you know, mm-hmm. our bodies are not like sexy and you know it doesn't scream sexuality I don't know like you but like me I have a when I was a baby I had a tube placed in my stomach Mm -hmm. so when I was younger they took the tube out when I was a baby but when I was younger I would hate um, wearing like bikinis or anything that showed my stomach I have a scar on my stomach from my operation I just hated everything I'm like oh my gosh and then I would look at other people, I was like, well, they don't have that on their stomach. And then I was like, okay. <sighs> okay. Um, I remember one time I was dating this young lady in Baltimore. And, you know, I was so comfortable with her. And we was in the bed. I was naked. And she was up there like, well, what's right here? And I forgot I was. I, it was even there because I was so comfortable with her. And she, I said, well, I had a tube in my stomach. And she was like, oh, okay. Well, I have kilo, kilo, a kilo on my skin. And I said, oh, okay. So when she didn't, when it didn't matter to her, it didn't matter to me anymore. I said, why am I tripping over this? This is my body. I'm going to be in this body for the rest of my life yeah. until the day I die. So I might as well embrace it. Mm-hmm. You know, sexuality is shown in every different ethnicity but when it comes to disability you don't really see that out there especially black women with disability sexuality when it comes um there's a fetish when it comes to people loving people with disability some people just love to be with someone with a disability mm-hmm. but you don't really see that you don't really see people desiring someone with a disability and so when i have those poaches out there i create a fantasy for men and women to desire, like, oh, she's hot, she's cute. Oh, she got a nice ass. Oh, I like her body. Oh, I like her hair, mm-hmm. you know? But you don't see us being desired like that. So that's the reason why I put myself out there to be in those sexy lingerie. And I can't wait. I'm not going to tell you what my next photo shoot will be, but I'm always thinking outside the box. <laughs> and it's even sexier because I love to take my brand to the next limit and making people like oh okay she has a disability and she's doing it like that okay work it girlfriend <laughs> it was, um, 
my mom doesn't understand it. She's she's an able-bodied person. She doesn't understand it. As many times I try to talk to her about it, she doesn't get it. But that's not for her to understand. It's for other people to understand and get it. The ones that are in our community says, I get what she's doing. Yeah. She's not, she's not doing it just to get a hot date on a Saturday night. No, she's doing it for a bigger purpose. Right. And it goes back to what you originally said that... Um, you know, we're, we're not, uh, people with disabilities are not often seen as um, sexual beings or being sexy and uh, being desired. And you mentioned it briefly about uh, the lack of, of representation for, uh, of people with disabilities in the media. And um, uh, the first episode I did of this year, I had Ali Stroker on. Um, oh, yes. Yeah, I had Ali Stroker on as a guest, and we talked about this um, in her uh, Broadway show that she was in in Oklahoma. She had two of the main male characters who were after her to get her to go on a date with them and, and to be their, their woman, and she's a wheelchair user. So, mm-hmm. you know, so I, I said, I saw that show uh, going on two years ago, and I was just like, whoa, like they never show that kind of, you know, they never show a person with a disability being the object of somebody's affection. And, exactly. you know, so for you, I think it's very empowering for those of us who do have disabilities to see you posting uh, these photos and having these photo shoots, because uh, I know for myself, I've had surgery. So I have a scar, a long scar on my leg. I have a long scar that goes from probably the middle of my stomach um, all the way down past my belly button. I have a scar mm-hmm. on the top of my chest. So I don't yeah. wear, I don't go shirtless. You know, yeah. I, I wear a sleeveless shirt, but because it, it is, it's just like, I don't feel right. like answering those damn questions. Exactly. Number one. <laughs> You're like, what's wrong with him? Right. I don't feel like answering those damn questions. And just because it's just not, um, you know, I, I don't feel like people want to see all of that. Um, and then that's something that I have to work through myself and I'm 39 mm-hmm. years old, but I'm old enough to admit that that's still an issue for me. Um, yeah. but it's, I, I, so I, I see those pictures and, and I, I applaud you for it because it's really just, um, it's very empowering. I know a few other people in the disability community who post photos as well. And, um, in, in the conversations that I've seen, it's, uh, based off of, of what you just said as well, there aren't, um, there aren't the, the lack of clothing and, and lingerie that exists for people with uh, different abilities and, and different scars and different, uh, the way that they're, they might have scoliosis and their, their spine curves a little bit and mm-hmm. uh, to have things that actually fit them in a, in a proper way is uh, difficult to find. So um, yeah, so, so thanks for uh, sharing that information and the reason uh, behind why you uh, post your your very empowering uh, lingerie pictures. <laughs> You're welcome. No yeah. problem. I will continue to post them. Yeah. So um, to wrap this conversation up, can you uh, share with us um, a, f- a few things? You can, um, you know, you can take this question in any direction that you wish. Um, so what would you want the world to know about people with disabilities or, um, more recently I've been asking people, uh, what I, more recently I've been asking people, 
uh, what is the most common thing that is um, unknown about your disability or if you want to share something uh, related to a misconception about sexuality versus disability you know you can take that in any direction that you like <laughs> it, it, it's interesting that you say that um now that we all have masks on i don't know if this has happened to you i just feel like people just stare at me more Mm-hmm. And um, I used to say this to one of my girlfriends, this is like, I feel like people stare at me before COVID-19. And she was like, yeah, I see the stares. You know, when we first started hanging out, you know, people used to stare, but, you know, you didn't really pay no attention. I didn't pay no attention because I walk around, I tell everyone, as people with disability, you walk around with blinders on. Yeah. Because it's just... Um, because if you focus on everyone staring at you, you go insanely crazy. Right. Now that we have our mask on and people have our masks, and all you do is see his eyes. And I remember going to um what is that black owned strength store in Philly? Uh oh, Sid Bookers. Sid Bookers, thank you. Sid yes. Bookers. <laughs> and went there on Broad Street. We had some, we got we was in line. And we was just sitting there, standing there, waiting for our order to come out. And we get in the car and she's like, I'll be damned. Everyone that was looking at everyone, I didn't really pay attention to them, but she said, everyone was staring at you. And she said, have you ever saw someone with a disability before? Like (laughs) when I get in the car, people stare at me. When I was like, oh, you didn't think this was my car? Yeah, I can drive too, you know, but. I think when the perception, I love breaking down stereotypes and perceptions. Mm-hmm. And when when people, when they start to hear me speak, mm-hmm. so I always tell people, I love breaking down those, those stigmas and those stereotypes. And I just love the, I love to have people mouth, people mouth just hanging out like, yeah. Oh my God. So that's one thing I, I love to just keep people like not knowing what to expect that's my hashtag expect the unexpected and don't Mm -hmm. let the lip fool you because you never know (laughs) you may see ass in your face one day or you may see me getting out of the car another day you may be seeing me talking crap to someone another day or you just may be seeing me just enjoying life you never know all right Well, thank you so much, Arthur, for the time. I really, really appreciate this time tonight. Yes, thank you so much. I really enjoyed this conversation. I will, um, I'll definitely be in touch with you soon.